Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, bonsoir, bienvenido, willkommen and uh, howdy. Welcome to episode 76 of the Podding Shed. Still sitting at the bottom of our virtual garden, recording this over and over again. Take after take to hone it to perfection for you to listen to at your leisure. Or, if you happen to be feeling particularly masochistic and you need to know there are others worse than you. Us. Or indeed, if you're a sex worker into sadism and torture, where it's very likely you could be merely using this podcast as a tool to deliver full customer satisfaction. Well, listener, well, listeners, um, a bit like a Catholic confession, it has been three weeks and two games since our last podcast. Uh, three weeks in which I suspect no amounts of Lord's prayers or Hail Marys for the team would be sufficient penance for the decline we've seen since our plucky fight back versus the mighty powerhouse that is West Ham. Whoever thought that we'd be using the phrase plucky fight back when discussing a home game versus West Ham? Moving on, we will be discussing the two games since our last podcast, yes, just the two, which continues our run of being surprisingly regular of late, but we're determined to show our customers the kind of passion, fight and loyalty they deserve, despite our perceived dips in form. Remember folks, we pod when we want. Uh, We'll kick off... By discussing our trip to Swansea and what can be des- best described as a lacklustre defeat against a team that have hardly been set in the league alight themselves. And if that was lacklustre, then I'd be interested to see if there's any stronger adjectives that suitably fits our display on Saturday. I have several cleanish ones, starting with the word hapless. My name is Tony Glover, also on the fan cast by Stanford, almost so known on the fan cast by Stanford Chidge as the Reverend <coughs> Tony Glover, but also assuming the pseudonym of a fictional, kindly old gentleman featured in Keith West's long lost theme from a teenage opera, Grocer Jack. Tonight I have the pleasure of introducing three of the most probing, incisive, witty, and thought-provoking academics to grace the prodding shed. I'm glad you said academics. I thought you were going to say gynaecologists. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) at least I'd hope for that. Instead, I seem to have retained the services of a couple of the regular band of reprobates and our prodigal son. I'll start with introducing our very own rebel, iconoclastic writer and musician, our very own version of Jack Kerouac, if you like, Dr. Blue Bio, a.k.a. Donal. Good evening. Good evening. And if I'm likening to people called, like likening people to other people called Jack, then we are also joined by our very own relentless and ruthless hunter down of baddies, from Jose Mourinho to um, Jose Mourinho, our equivalent of 24's Jack Bauer in the form of the razor-sharp-witted, at so contrary, also known as Mark. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Tony. And finally. After much negotiation and contract haggling, well, a quick chat outside a burger bar before the West Ham game and his own Jurgen Klopp song in the Cock Tavern on Saturday, we have our very own prodigal son back, a man we can only describe in terms of the name Jack as, well, let's just say he's got a massive fucking beanstalk in his garden, also known (laughs) as Kaiser Johnny, also known as Johnny. Johnny, good evening. Welcome back. Thank you, chaps. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be here. Um, to, keep, to keep your religious theme going, uh, Tony, <laughs> I, I do feel, given that we're still in the season of Easter, I do feel a bit like I'm. We're all here, gathered in the upper room, and suddenly <laughs> there is a familiar figure amongst us. You know, <laughs> indeed. Of course, it, it we, we, we want to put we want to you know put our finger 
in, in, the, in the wounds, you know, the doubting Thomases, but it really is he. He has returned. Yes, he indeed. is the one. Indeed. As, as, a, as a whisper from the back says, he's put on weight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, and of course, you, you, are, you are living proof that there are, in fact, only two Jurgen Klopp's. So, Quite. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Um, I'll start first of all, um, and I'll throw it out to, um, to Donald first. Um, Swansea, um, we seem to have got on a high, or I certainly was buzzing after the West Ham game, as I said in the last um, podcast, um, because of the sheer fight, the passion, the end-to-end, the excitement, and everything about that game. And then Swansea came along, and um, in my view, it just looked like a return to everything that had gone wrong earlier in the season. Your thoughts? Sometimes uh, you sit down late at night, and there's an old film on that you're sure you've seen before, but but you'll watch it again. And it's that one where the guy or woman, they turn up to the airport, um, maybe they've forgotten the suitcase or something delays them, and they miss the plane. The next thing is that plane has crashed and everyone has died. And they stand there thinking, God, I was lucky to escape that. That's the same feeling I had about Swansea. Because I... <laughs> because for reasons that we don't need to go to here, I didn't, I didn't either see it or manage to listen to it on the radio. I, I merely followed the the uh the pain of uh, our fellow chelsea fans on twitter now of course if you follow a game on twitter you always have to assume that you know they're always like one inch from meltdown aren't they so you have to sort of scrape an enormous amount off to think you know what's really happening you know how terrible is it really but i do get the impression that it was pretty bad but i i have to confess i didn't see or hear that game at all but just got the, you know, why were we so terrible? I don't know. Like you say, coming off the West Ham thing, you thought there was still a bit of fight in the team. And, you know, there was still a, an unbeaten record to defend, you know, just purely that. But, yeah, I missed it. It was a car crash and I missed it. So I'll have to hand it back to you, Tony, and uh, anyone else who might have witnessed it. I, I, I only managed to actually catch highlights of it, um, having been out to the theatre that night. So, and to add to my cinema um, uh, jaunts, Mark, you've now got something else to hold against me. But um, uh, what's happened to this place? The theatre, <laughs> bloody hell! <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, but it was it was planned long before. Um, but I, 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 from what I saw, it, it looked like it was the start of our on the beach phase. Um, you know, um, players that are possibly trying to, uh, and we'll move into the city game because I think that's probably just an extension and an actual exaggeration of everything that we saw at Swansea. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, actually, it's um, one of the first games that I hadn't seen either live um, in the ground or live on TV. Um, I think it was going to be the first game I was going to miss this season, but I did manage to find a live feed from some Arab TV station. But I couldn't quite get it sized up on my screen, so I was missing the bottom inch. And it's interesting, actually, that when they are filming, the ball does tend to be at the bottom. So the ball kept going off my screen, which was a bit disconcerting. It looked like it was going out of play. Um, and then it was sort of bounced back in. Um, but apart from that, I'm not sure I can add too much, actually. 
Johnny. All I can say, all <laughs> oh, I can say is following <laughs> on from your tattoo story last time, it's a good job. It was only the TV screen that was missing the bottom. Inch, but <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, Johnny, any thoughts? No, um, so, oh, sorry, Mark. Go, please continue. Well, no, I was going to say on the other one, I could afford to lose an inch. <laughs> Oh, we've we've set the levels already. That's good. Good those, to know. Good to know. Those, um, those, Mark, those Marks and Spencer slacks generously sized. Indeed. Um, Johnny, <laughs> your thoughts? I think we're going to be whizzing over the Swansea uh, game, really, I think, uh, here. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, uh, I, I, I saw highlights, um, but folk who, who actually traipsed all the way down to Wales were really not impressed at all. It was just a, a dismal performance all round. Um, I think they had um, that Montero chap who caused us all sorts of problems at the, the first game of the season. Um, he came. He was. It was his, I think it was his first start back under the, the new guy Guidolin or whatever his name is, um, and he seemed to cause he, just one of those players that seems to you know light up when he plays against us. He's been out of form, he's been injured, and he comes back into the team and whoosh, all of a sudden turns it on against us, and um, and off he goes. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, just sloppy, dull, awful, just, it's just quite what's happened, and, and all the rest of it has been discussed on here and elsewhere ad infinitum, but it's it's just if you're going to have to hold a performance up that as well as the Man City game after the West Ham second half which you know like everyone else I thought oh you know that's interesting there's a bit of a scrap left in us just horribly nosedived and um, well what more can you say was it a regression to the mean was it just you know an inevitable fallback to where we'd been you know uh, in the sort of lacklustre mixed with bad luck mixed with tactical you know, idiocy that we had under under Jose, or or was it just is is it the inevitable sign that you know you're coming to the end of a season, you can't win anything? And um, I mean, I, yeah, the season's dead, isn't it? I mean, let's let's be honest about it. There's nothing left to play for. I, I, I've not even looked at the mass of a, a slim possible hope of getting into the Europa League. But it's it's kind of you know if it, if there wasn't Spurs coming up. Would anyone really care now? <laughs> I mean, some players will have their eye on, you know, the the European Championships and and you know other, you know, mm. post season tours and things like that, and probably saving, you know, with national. I'm talking about rather than club post season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's inevitable that as you get to the fag end, when when there's you know, look at Stoke for instance, you know, a team who seem to be bowling along. Uh, suddenly, they they seem to be letting in goals like there is no tomorrow. Um, I think mid-table teams, it sort of happens with them, doesn't it? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of a fight against Tottenham because it's just a derby game. Um, but Chelsea were always going to, you know, they had a very good record. You know, a lot of draws, I admit. But they, I think, other than Tottenham and one other team, they'd accumulated most points since just before Christmas. And, and they'd been unbeaten. So there was bound to be a game where they lost. I think it was just, you'd rather they'd lost in a, mm. in a, in a at least going down five, whereas it appears that they just wimped out of the whole thing, you know. Yeah, Donal, um, I, I think, you know, sorry, Donal, you, you, you turned into R2-D2 then for a minute. 
Southampton comes alive. <laughs> I do apologise. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Well, one of the teenagers there, in fact. Um, mm. Yeah, I just wondered, Mark, I mean, it, it, you, it's quite unusual because I think you're quite a regular away um, visitor and um, what have you. Is, is, was that just simply because it was you couldn't be bothered or you didn't want to go or would you not normally go to the Swansea game? No, no, I've been to Swansea and I just couldn't be bothered. It's It's a long way to go. When you get the train, the train after you get to Cardiff is quite slow down the coast. It takes about four hours. Swansea's not all that much. And really, to spend eight odd hours on a train going to um, witness something that's fairly pointless, all in all, seem pointless. I guess. There is, there is, the, mumble, there is just the mumble mile, the mumbles mile, isn't there? You can go down to the mumbles and drink yourself insensible. In the 400 pubs in one mile or whatever it is that's down there. Yeah. But well, I guess you could yeah. do that at home, really, couldn't you? If you wanted to just sit there and <laughs> save, yeah, save the train. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hmm. no, we'll move. We'll move on to. Yeah, but you wouldn't be looking out on, on. You wouldn't be looking out on the bay then, though, would you? You know, the, the vast sweep of is it Cardigan Bay or whatever it is. Get so. yourself a DVD and stick it in your 55-inch TV. It could be pretty similar to being there, I think. Just thought <laughs> I'd throw that one in there. Um, tone, tone from a man who spends most of his time at our. Arts sort of things, you know, the theatre. You seem to have no bloody soul, from what I can. <laughs> it's obviously doing you no good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to turn into my dad. Cause he was he was a bit like that. Sort of like, what do you want to go there for? You can see it on the telly. Um, oh, yeah, that okay. check off load of bollocks. Watch your BBC Two. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, let's move on to um, to Manchester City, which, uh, from from my perspective, uh, and I stayed until the bitter end and. Um, ended up in a pub um, with Mr. Dyer, in fact, um, where I think the mood was one of, um, well, a kind of sanguine acceptance that you know most of us thought we would probably lose. Sad resignation. Uh, yeah, I, I had it down. I, I'd actually got into a bit of a, a, a debate in the, my local pub the night before because I'd said I thought we we would be done two or three nil. Um, on the expectation that we would probably re- um, reverse what had happened in the FA Cup game and that we would play a load of youngsters against their their kind of first team simply because it's an ideal opportunity to do so. Um, sadly, we started with what I assume uh, and certainly what looked like our pretty much our strongest available team for selection. Um, and, um, you know, for the first... Yeah, for about the first 20 or 30 minutes, I thought we'd, we'd probably reasonably okay I mean I wouldn't say that we look like a, much of a goal threat I think um, Pedro had his one cleared or he just um, hit it straight at the at, at the player on the line and I think there was Costa's effort um, but you know oh, Costa Costa was unlucky that, that where um, Baba you know basically robbed a fullback you know he yeah it was a very I thought he was in line you know it was it was very very minor offside yeah. you know on, on another day he'd have got away with that and they might have gone 1-0 up which which might have changed I don't, yeah could have might changed have changed things I don't know I, I think you know my view was it you know we'd, we'd also seen Courtois make I think at least three fabulous saves which <laughs> had, uh, yeah um, you know a, 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 you know at least looked like we might keep them at bay and, and it might spark us into life and of course after the first goal I think well uh, you know it was a deflection as well and everyone just um, it, it just the whole place just seemed to fall into a bit of a, 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 a kind of slump. I mean, the players slumped. I think the fans. There was a little bit of a sing song that went afterwards as we tried to lift the team, but um, the reaction just seemed to get worse and worse and worse. Um, Mark, your thoughts? 
I'm assuming you were there, Mark. I was there, um, although unusually I did leave before the end. So it's a season of firsts for Chelsea and for me, really. Um, normally I stay to the bitter end, see it through. But um, I stood up as the penalty was given, started shuffling along the row in expectation of it going in, and then made a mad dash to the station with about 35,000 others and actually didn't get out any quicker because the <laughs> station was blocked because we were all... It was a very large crowd going for a very small exit. Um, but I don't know, are we being a little bit unrealistic as to our expectations towards the tail end of the season? I mean, I see various people tweeting after every game now, surely this is the lowest point of our season. And each game is, a, is setting a new low. Um, but I don't know if that's true, really. I mean, I think the, the low point was the fissure created by Jose Mourinho's ego. And anything that's happening after that is just a bit of an aftershock. And, you know, the season's written off. It's going to be rubbish all the way along. As soon as it's over, we can hopefully regroup and do something different next season. But that's not a guarantee. Um... But, you know, are we really expecting us to go out and trounce Swansea and then beat Man City at the weekend with the season that we've had and the, the players that we've got and their motivation? I just don't think it's um, realistic. I mean, I was fascinated, actually, to read about his <coughs> comments. I didn't see it live, but I've read about it on last night's Monday Night Football. Mm, yes. I don't, I don't know if I'm going off topic here. But, no, no, um, no, no, but, you know, I, I want it to... I mean, he, he, he was... Um, I mean, I did see... I did see three seconds of it. I think I must have been watching... I think I was watching Marcella on ITV, which, which mm. got in the way of Monday Night Football. But I did flick across just to see Sesk in his obviously hired jacket from Moss Bros, which seemed <laughs> inappropriate wear for Monday Night Football. Uh, but to read about him saying that the whole reason for our season's implosion is that Jose Mourinho gave, him, gave them all too much holiday. And... Um, like they never recovered from that, but they think Jose Mourinho is a wonderful person and they fully respect him and got nothing against him, is about as believable as George Osborne only having enough money in the bank to earn £3 a year interest. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not plausible, is it? So what, what I am um, full of admiration for is that everyone has um, kept it a secret. Whatever's gone on at Chelsea... And it definitely wasn't Mourinho giving them extended holiday being the cause. Whatever went on, they have, to a man, kept it secret. I mean, no one knows the truth. It's unusual, isn't it, I think? You would normally expect... I mean, we've had successful seasons where there have been leaks of information from within the club. And you're right, this time it's... it's I want to say Kremlin-esque, but I'm not even sure they would be able to hold that kind of information in, in, you know, it seems very, very, very bizarre that, you know, I I, I agree with you, Mark, actually, I think it was um, a little bit of a smokescreen from from Sesk last night and part and parcel of um, an added layer of smoke to the smokescreens that are already there where nobody seems willing to say, do you know what, this is what it was, Um, you know. Didn't, um, because you're right, there, there used to be a a dripping tap from somewhere within in the bridge which has stopped and was it i can't remember who there was a, a particular journalist that used to have or it might have been neil ashton or someone like that and then all of a sudden it kind of stopped 
So whether it was a player who, you know, a player who left or an agent we don't do business with anymore or whatever, you know, one of those things that all of a sudden the drip, 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 drip just disappeared. But enough people know about it. You would have thought that one person would have said, said something about it to one other person who tweeted it or leaked it or, or said something. And um, specifically, there is an ongoing court case. Yes. Isn't there? There is. So and I, people you know, may well have been told, under, uh, under no circumstances do you say a feckin' word yeah. about what went on, because there is... Although I can't see how a um, pop, pop star with three in a bed has got anything to do with the <laughs> collapse of um, <laughs> football season, to be honest. But it may well have. JT's been at it again. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, can I just say, um, Johnny, you haven't picked up much of an accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's unusual to do so in Pearly, but um, well, I thought we loaned you off to the blog at Vitesse Arnhem for three months. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've, yes. We expected a bit more. <laughs> my, my, my loan period is over, and they've sent me back in disgrace. Yeah. Johnny, your uh, thoughts. Johnny, did your you even thoughts. get to talk on a single blog, or were you just sitting around the edge, not not invited? <laughs> they 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 invited me on. I couldn't understand a word they were saying. To be perfectly honest, I did much like being on here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 just it's alien territory. I mean, it's not alien territory for an awful lot of folk because we have been shite before and you know but it's been probably 20 years since we've had a season quite as bad as this um and i think people are just venting and and you know we all gave up on the season a long time ago we know that the hitting was only ever an interim manager we knew that it hasn't really you know the, the form hasn't really improved a great deal you know we stopped being beaten and we carried on we know we started drawing that's pretty much all that's gone on um he's introduced a few kids some of whom are all right some of whom less so it's just a season that's going to trundle along um and like i said if if we didn't have spurs on bank holiday monday and, and that having potentially something quite big attached to it uh, you know the, I, I suspect the ground would be pretty much half empty it's it's just it's it's one of those seasons we have to write it off and move on um as part of the broader picture, you know, I've read any number of articles, blogs, and all the rest of it predicting doom and gloom and all that sort of stuff. But I think when you're viewing it through a prism of a season like this, that's the way you're going to look at it. Yeah. You know, a couple of decent signings in the summer. Now, whether they're going to happen, you know, who knows? But a couple of decent signings in the summer, a new manager coming in. Um, there was a lovely bit um, pulled out of a, a press cutting about his... Um, when he first met all the, the players at Juventus, bearing in mind, I think he played with some of them anyway, um, as manager, and there was lots of, you know, hoo-ha and shouting and all the rest of it. He, he just sort of calmed all down and basically said, lads, we've got to stop being shit. Yeah. And that's kind of really what, what has to happen in our our changing room. You know, there will be departures, there will be arrivals, there's a new manager who's going to come in and kick a few butts. Let's not worry about it, you know, let's, let's see where we are in August before we predict doom and gloom and a a 10-year period of, of abject misery, as some people seem to be doing. Yeah. Um, Donal, um, my, one of the observations, I, I mean, this, that was our, our worst home defeat, um, certainly worst home game this year, but it's also our first three-goal defeat 
um, since mm. Carlo's infamous Sunderland game where I think he played Paolo Ferreira at centre-back instead of Geoffrey Brumer, um, mm. you know, which, which spoke volumes about Brumer's own future with the club or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I was watching the game from where I sit in Matthew Arden Upper, um, and I very cruelly, I dare say, likened Hiddink to my neighbours as looking um, a lot like Avram Grant at 62 minutes into the game against City, where we didn't even have um, anybody warming up on the bench. Um, and I'm, mm. Am I being hard on him, or is this a continuation of, of what has been a generally pretty dismal record that he's had since leaving us with an FA Cup back in 2009? Um, I, I think there's an element of that. I, I, he came in and he steadied the ship to some extent. Um, you know, there was a brief period there where uh, things picked up and so on and so forth. Uh, he's, he's a caretaker. The new man's been appointed. Uh, yeah, he was never a big get up and run up and down and gesticulate, was he? Um, no, no. And you know, to some extent, uh, so someone made the comment on, on one of the commentaries that you know he appeared to be talking to his coaches and asking them what the players, you know, what are they doing out? There? You know, and almost like this isn't what we set them up to do. This isn't what we told them. To, you know, this isn't what we planned. Why are they doing this? Now, whether that was just someone's interpretation of his body language or whether it was something that was more or less overheard on the sidelines, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I think, as Johnny says, there's, there's four games to go. He's, you know, he's done what he needed to do, which was not that we were ever going to get relegated, but he, he sorted out whatever, you know, was causing the, the deepest problem, which was that they were just getting, losing games that they shouldn't be losing. How yes. did he sort out the deepest problem? Did he just say, can you come back from holiday or something? Um, yeah, I think he probably forced them to, to roll up their beach towels and, um, you know, put away their flip-flops, uh, banned, think... banned budgie smugglers uh, from, from the dressing just... room, things like that, you know. Uh, um, I, whatever was going on there... Either it was just Mourinho leaving and you or I could have done it, or he brought some bit of, you know, man management to the situation. I, th I think, yeah, the game tactically, I don't think he's a tactical genius anymore, is he? I think we can accept that from what, what's gone on in recent years, he, he's failed to really make an impact anywhere. I think he was just brought back as a safe pair of hands and a, a man manager to at least get the, the team back together and... Um playing some sort of football, which, which he's done, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there were, a few weeks ago, there were lots of people getting very excited about, oh, we can make, you know, possibly we can get fifth, or we might even make fourth if we win all the games till the end of the season. That's never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. That's... And, to, you know, I, to be fair to the guy, I, you know, I think the league, football in general and the league in particular has moved on. But, you know, he's, he's basically been shorn of his his best player who you know who was as voted by peers and, and others the best player in the country last year and who's just you know who's disappeared into into nothing you know he's lost that which if we extrapolate huge um, if we extrapolate the um points return since Hiddink has been with us over full season where would that take us in the league it, it, i'm sure it would take us into the top 6 oh i think 
for sure. I mean, I think um, probably, yeah, yeah. So uh, it hasn't uh, been bad. I mean, what you know, what, I don't know why uh, we're dis- <laughs> discussing disappointment with him. Uh, I mean, well, he's I think um, some... performed a, a decent job since he's been here, mm. and he is just a caretaker. Yeah, I, I've seen one win it's... at Stanford Bridge since he's been there. Yeah, it's, it's not. Bad, no, but you know, he, Gus Hiddink can't be held responsible for the Odeon Cinema. Well, this is, this is what I well, I disagree with him, and I was going to go move to you next actually because um, I, 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 I picked up on a couple of points that he's. Uh, well, did you pick up on that yeah, point? I yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm going to have to take a little <laughs> breather, breather at that, you swine. Chose um, <laughs> to ignore it. Oh, dear, Don't rise to it, Tom. Don't no, rise to it. I'm, I'm trying not to. He's, he does me in every. He, does, he catches me every time. He's Jack Bauer. I'm telling you now. That's what he is. Yeah. Um, Mark, I was just going to come up with the um, your ask your opinion. I mean, we've we've kind of discussed motivational um, skills of coaches and what they're there to do. And then you hear him um, a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, we're playing for the pride of the shirt. And um, I've been very critical of that because, um, you know, for me, that's the first thing they should be playing for, the pride of the shirt, not the only thing, because that's the only thing that's left. And I've seen pressures like that. But then he came up with some odd comments, I think, after Saturday, which was along the lines of, um, you know, I can't see him play inside the players' minds. I don't know what they're thinking. You can't mm. blame them for a lack of attitude. And I'm thinking, well, well what, what can I blame them for then? I mean, I didn't see... There, there was no one player who had a complete howler on Saturday. It was like the entire... And I used this quote last night, actually. But it was like, the, it was like you've taken a McLaren... Mercedes or or a Ferrari from the Formula One, and you've given it to QuickFit and said, "Can you get this thing working again?" Yeah, um, it's like nothing is connecting, nothing's timing correctly. Um, we're giving the ball away time and time again. I mean, it's just the unforced errors that we were seeing, and you know, we're sitting back. But I just wonder whether he's lost that ability to motivate the players, or whether the players have lost that ability to be motivated, frankly, by anybody. Mark, well, I think they're all just washed up. I mean, um, you know, getting knocked out to PSG and then a few days later getting knocked out by Everton, the whole thing deflated. Now, who in their right minds, particularly knowing that you're leaving that job in the summer, can be bothered to try and reinflate it and pump it up? It, is it just, it's just not worth the effort. I mean, all this thing about... Okay, there's nothing to play for, but I want them to be playing for um, their shirt. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think that's realistic or or feasible. Um, you know, we don't want them running up to us, thumping their chest, touching the Chelsea badge every time they do something, because we know it's not true. And and I really would like to implement a ban on um, platitudes, particularly from players who tweet after the game. I mean. They oh. take it in turns to tweet saying, um, after Swansea, yeah, obviously wasn't the result we wanted, but we're going to fight our hardest to get the best position possible towards the end of the season. I mean, they're all, oh, right, it's right. forwarded yeah, on yeah, to yeah. each, after each game, and they take it in turns to stick their name underneath it. And I'm not bothered what Hiddink says. You know, if he comes on and says, um, yeah, the players are fully motivated, they're really trying their best, blah, 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 it's all bollocks. It's all about results. <laughs> But you need something to go, to go for. So I don't blame any of the players or Gus Hiddink saying, we've just had enough of this season. We're going to go through the motions and we'll see it through. I just hope that come Monday week, as we are the only club that stands between you know, the evil of Tottenham winning the Premier League, <laughs> we, we are alone in Europe. 
And we're going to fight them on the West Stand, the East Stand, <laughs> the North Stand, and the Matthew Harding. Oh, we just got a, some, I mean, Gus Hiddink maybe doesn't understand the feeling, and half the players don't understand that feeling. John Terry has got to play in that game so that we can keep on singing that song that, you know, the shit from the lane of one fuck all again. Yeah, yeah. Somehow or other, we've got to muster a little bit of spirit. For that one game. Off the beaches, into the little boats, yeah. and get that final victory. Yeah. I saw, um, I saw a comment on Twitter that, you know, frankly, if this was Italy... Can, can, can I, sorry, carry on. If, if this was Italy, the training ground would be laid siege to by, you know, <laughs> men brandishing pitchforks and running <laughs> running cattle through the place and smashing the odd car up here or there, just to ensure the players know exactly what will happen <laughs> <laughs> should, should they fuck up yeah. or back holiday Monday. Because, <laughs> frankly... Uh, you know, this. Bear in mind, this is Chelsea we're talking about. I can see exactly what will happen. We will get royally humped by Spurs on Bank Holiday Monday. We'll get to the the game against Leicester where they need to beat us and win the league, and we'll absolutely tonk them four nil. You can <laughs> see it coming a mile off. We it will be, be the, um, different. Be the most hated team on the planet. <laughs> it could be the other way round. Well, not everybody hates Spurs, but um, it could it could <laughs> be different in that if the results go the right way this weekend because uh, Leicester are five points ahead of Tottenham with um, four games to go mm. um, so if, if um, Leicester beat Swansea this weekend they're yep. eight points ahead of Tottenham and if they can pick up two other points from their other three games they're ten points ahead of Tottenham now mm. Tottenham can only get twelve points because there's only four games to go so if we beat Tottenham on Monday night at Stamford Bridge, we could kill their chance of winning the league. God, now, the, the feeling I had when we walked out of the stadium at um, Munich was the elation of having won the Champions League and simultaneously knocked <laughs> Tottenham off fourth place and Champions League qualifiers into oblivion. And we can really screw Tottenham again on Monday week. We can ruin... Their one chance since 1961. Just like Steven Gerrard's slip. Ruby Liverpool's chance for 20 years of winning the Premier League. I mean, the, the songs will be endless if we can just do <laughs> one decent performance this season. I, I think, frankly, uh, uh, given a lot of what's gone on, an awful lot would be forgiven if exactly that happened on um, Bank Holiday Monday. Indeed. I, I, I simply have one piece of advice. Sorry, I'm... I'm I'm rambling here, but um, I just simply arrive at the pub at midday and drink heavily. <laughs> am, I, yeah. am, I right in, am I right in thinking that, you know, when Stevie G, when he slipped, mm. was he turning to make a back pass? I can't remember now. Uh, he was, was he passing sideways, I think. Right. You know, the ball got played across midfield to yeah. him. He miscontrolled it. Yeah, and in, in right. his hasty stumble to try and get control back, he fell over. I mean, the irony of that, of course, is I think as we've mentioned on here before, why Tottenham haven't won the league since 1961, there's probably a whole host of reasons. But the reason that Liverpool have never won the Premier League is apparently the abolition of the back pass rule. I read somewhere. Have you heard this before? No. I did, yes, I've, I've seen, the, seen the theory lurking around. Yes, apparently... 
not since since the back pass rule was was changed so that the goalkeeper can't pick the ball up Liverpool have never won a title and um, you know the fact that they were playing it around at the back possibly because and, and the irony piled on irony is that they, they've decided to employ possibly the only goalkeeper at that level of professional football who can't use his feet at all <laughs> meant that you know any any other goal if they'd had any other goalkeeper they'd have just banged the ball back to him and he'd have cleared it but they were playing it around because you can't kick it back to Mignolet because he's going to cock it up so you know that's uh, so we're, we're, that's so back it's back back passing as a kind of cultural vein that runs through Liverpool then well I mean I, my, my, my memories everyone remembers the glory yeah. of Liverpool all I remember is passing back. the ball back to the goalie all the time that's all back. they ever did they back scored a couple of goals, yeah. Yeah. Well, and even before that, you know, whoever, you know, um, what was his name, Ray Clements. Clements no, they yeah. all, you know, they most of. I think most Liverpool goalkeepers uh, uh, have got really bad back trouble because they spent most of their football <laughs> in career picking the fecking ball up from the floor. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Okay. But, um, well, I was going to. Uh, I was going to uh, try and move it on now. I think. Um, uh, only because we're sort of entering into into part two, and uh, there's a couple of subjects I want to cover. Um, not least of all, um, and it may be time for your musical interlude here, Donal. Um, I just want to talk about the future and Antonio Conte, and 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 get, just get a few opinions because we're getting to the sharp end of of this godforsaken car crash of a bloody season, um, and I think. The even the well the younger ones probably certainly are, but even us older lags, if you like, are, are starting to lift an eyebrow with interest as to what could potentially be next season's the shape and the and the way the team play. Um, uh, and I think all eyes on that very very first selection on the very very first day of the season, um, which will no doubt be analysed in you know absolutely microscopic terms by the press. Um, so um, if you've got it ready, don't. There you go. Please tell me we that's won't, We won't play that every week until we lose, but because right. obviously there's a whole I'm, summer. But, you know, I've missed this. Is that the Italian? Oh, right. So, so is that the Italian national anthem then? Yes. It, it, it is. You should have to. Oh, of course. Tone. Yeah. You go to the. You go to the <laughs> cinema. You go to the theatre. You never go to the bloody opera, do you? No, you know? I've never, no, I've never seen. What? It's, 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 Love it's, a bit of Puccini. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a very jaunty one, isn't it? I mean, it makes our one look like a bloody funeral march, doesn't it? For God's sake, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, very good. Anyway. I, th- I think possibly as a trend. Uh, basically, Johnny, what it was was that um, uh, mm. we we were playing the Dutch national anthem every week on, on the basis that we hadn't lost a game under Goose, um, and therefore, obviously, the reason we hadn't lost a game under Goose Hitting was because we were playing the Dutch national anthem with every podcast. And mm. uh, and then we played it, I think, before the PSG game. Um, not the PSG game in Paris, but the PSG game in Stamford Bridge, because we hadn't lost at that point. It was only half-time. But I think Donal accepted at the time that this was very possibly the last outing. Um, and it was. It certainly Indeed was. It was. Mark, I would really like to take um, a couple of minutes of your time on 
what you're expecting, hoping, thinking about Conte? And well, not obviously, the, not the Leicester I'm player. Ha- <laughs> I'm hoping for the best. Um, I think a lot of hinges. I'm fearing. I know, no. <laughs> I think um, he has a good pedigree. I mean, um, he's a top player. He's been a top manager. We can all debate whether one league is more difficult to win than another league, but he's proven to be a winner, both as a player and a manager. Um, I think players tend to respect managers who have been top players. So, you know, he's won it all. He got to a World Cup final. A lot of it hinges on how good his English is. Because, you know, from what you read, a lot of his motivation comes from what he says to players, including the, the most senior players. But if he can't get that message across, because he can only speak pidgin English, he may have lost his major weapon. So, um, you know, provide, subject to language... I'm hopeful. I think he's a top pedigree manager and he stands as good a chance as anyone. That doesn't mean he'll succeed. doesn't mean he won't succeed. I don't think necessarily he needs a lot of time. You know, people will say he needs time. I'm never a believer in um, needing time. Pe- people always say that, you know, Alex Ferguson didn't succeed for seven years or eight years or whatever it was. I don't know how long it was. And then he was successful for quarter of a decade therefore you've got to give him seven or eight years because you know you can plant something in the garden leave it for seven years hoping it's going to be a prized carrot and actually it's a weed (laughs) you know there's nothing wrong with pulling it up early just to take a look and think oh god i put the wrong seeds down and getting rid of it so you know i'm I'm happy to give people three months and just say no (laughs) (laughs) honestly People just you think... Are, with you time, it, should I claim my five pounds? Everyone thinks <laughs> that if you give it enough time, everyone will turn into Alex Ferguson. They won't. Some people will turn into Arsene Wenger. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with um, facing your um, mistakes quickly. It's like buying a wrong share and selling it quickly because it's going to go downhill and you want to cut your losses. Nothing wrong with um, cutting losses. Excellent. But anyway, uh, I think he, he, I, you've got to give him um, a little bit of time. And who says you need time? Did Ranieri need time with Leicester? True. Well, First season, and he's flying. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, Johnny, you're a, 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 hmm. a, an educated internationalist in the world, in, you know, in, in terms of football. Um, your, thoughts Thanks, on, your thoughts on oh. um, tone, as I'm going to call him. Yeah, well, I would say I think it should be known as tone from now on. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I've I've long since got anything. Well, I'm just not concerned about who's the manager anymore. It, it really doesn't actually bother me that much because we've we've been there before. A new manager comes in, stuff changes. We might win something. If we don't, he'll go. That's the pattern. I know that sounds terribly simplistic. That's the pattern that it's been for the you know well, under Roman, under Ken Bates. You know, yeah, it is. It is. It is where we are. Um, on the face of it, it's based on entirely nothing than more than than what's happened in the past. We've always done quite well with Italians at the club. They seem to fit in. They seem to like the atmosphere. 
they do all right. We've been successful under, well, you know, pretty much other than Mourinho, our most successful spells have come under Italians in recent years. Um, he's, you know, like you say, he's been there, he's done it. Hey, he has as good a chance as anyone. Um, if he's, hopefully, he'll be back to the transfer market. You know, there's there's much talk about you know the the loss of 10, 15 players we've signed have, have left an awful lot to be desired. And you know, if you look at the the Falcao's of this world, and then you're down to you know promising American centre halves. You know, we we need to buy quality now. Um, so if he if he's backed in the transfer market. Um, so he can go out and buy a decent centre half and a, a centre midfielder and a bit more, a bit more quality all over. Then yeah, I, I think he has as good a chance as any. You know, the league has changed dramatically this season. Um, there's a whole pile more money coming in that will allow, you know, Leicester, Stoke, Everton, you know, teams that you know we wouldn't normally look as challengers, but who we are going to be challenging next season because of the point we're starting from. Um, are going to be able to go out and afford to spend decent money on good players. Um, so he's got a job on his hands. There's no question about that. Um, good luck to him, I say. Um, only time will tell. Don't know. It could be another first for Chelsea. It could be another first for Chelsea. Uh, I've, I've been rapidly, while you've been talking, scouring the um, European legislation on um, where you uh, prison transfers and, and where you can request to serve your sentence. <laughs> I think provided provided he's allowed to do do it say in the scrubs or somewhere, you know, relatively local, he could be he could well be the first manager to win a major league from his prison cell. <laughs> Whilst yeah. doing joking. This could be the mean the mean machine writ large. If you remember the old, remember the old Burt Reynolds film. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Where yes, he yes. coaches the American football team yeah. in the prison and all that. We oh, could yeah, be yeah. looking. We could become the new mean machine. Um, like everyone else, I don't know. Uh, yes, he's got a track record. Um, he's also got a track record, <laughs> which worries me slightly, because um, you know, do we really need all that going on around the club? as well because uh, what going on the uh well he's got he's still got his court case to yeah to finish hasn't he um and then there will always be that surrounding him i think you know to, it's it's a the british press you know once they've sorted out who was involved in this threesome who did what to whom when where and how that they'll, they'll want something else and, and they'll be going off digging any other dirt they can on him so I just think there's a bit of a hostage to fortune, I fear, in, in you know, the, so, the Calciopoli and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, so think, but from a footballing perspective, you know, how many, how many choices did they have? Um, because they were always going to appoint a big name, you know, rather than there's, it's never been a club to promote people from within the club. You know, we don't have anyone available within the club, really, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to see. But like Johnny said, they come and they go, don't they? You know. Indeed. I, I, just for what it's worth, I'll put my um, Tupper's opening in. Um, I, I'm, I'm pleased. I think, first and foremost, I think he's he's been... Um, he's been punished or whatever by the um, Italian or uh, FA 
um, for these alleged offences. I think what's happening now is a, a kind of half-baked criminal uh, a, a, a thing which they've said basically he could serve just a suspended three-match ban or, so, or six-match ban yes. or three-month ban or something, you know. Um, sorry, which, to, sorry to interject, but it's, it's actually, I think it's actually quite, because it's basically, they're charging him with not being a grass. Yes. That's it, ultimately what it is. He, he supposedly knew, but wasn't involved yeah. and didn't didn't say anything. Which, frankly, if your business is is the trust of a you know changing room full of twenty two players, you're probably best off keeping your gob shut and seeing what happens. So I I kind of think yeah, fuck it. I mean, where, yeah. where was he asked in public or was he asked in court? I don't. I I certainly don't know. I, I think he's deny he's denying the fact that he didn't know this, and it, I think there's a bit of a the, the kind of John Terry kangaroo court thing, you know, not f- found not guilty in a court of law, but the FA went, oh well, fuck it, we think you're guilty anyway, so have a little bit of a. I think he was, I think he was banned. There were two <sighs> games that were under question when he was when he was manager. I think it was Siena. Yeah. Um, and it's all evidence based on one guy who's abs- one player who's absolutely up to his nuts in it, um, and I think he was banned for life and, and basically never played again. And it, it sort of seems to be like there's a bit of a grudge going on. I, you you read what, read into it what you will. Um, anyway, do we care? No, I mean, do we yeah, care? About, I, I mean, give, honestly, do we care about match fixing? I mean, we're going to be doing it in spades at home. <laughs> <first>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. I think just uh, I was going to say, I mean, once you get over this, and I think you know there is always, I think a, a chance for hostages to fall in. The, the, the three things that I, I've certainly picked up on one was this discussion earlier on about goose hitting, and I, fa- I think actually this may impact Mourinho and Wenger as well. In that I think, and it, it's, it's one of my theories about Louis Van Gaal as well that football has moved on, and these kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, elder statesmen. Um, coaches and managers haven't moved with those times. They're very, very set in their ways, very stubborn, won't change, won't try different things. And I think, um, you know, possibly, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Mourinho when he comes back. But, you know, there are these senior coaches that are singularly failing to really make their mark on football. And you've got all these younger ones like Pochettino, etc., coming through that appear to have a different attitude and a bit more flexibility. And the one thing I've picked up on that does appear to be correct about um, Conte is, is that, A, he's not frightened to change tactics around. Um, and if it means we can get rid of this godforsaken single lone striker bollocks that we've put up with for all these years, which worked brilliantly with um, Drogba, I admit that, but has been a pretty dismal failure, I think, since. You know, Just every now and then, I sit there thinking, put another striker on. Give him something else to worry about, you know. Let's let's have something else up front for Christ's sake. Um, and I think the other thing is, well, I'd quite like to. I know whether it's an apocryphal sort of uh, quote, or, you know, whether it's actually true. But um, it was doing the rounds on Twitter about the fact that he he he's apparently quoted as saying he does not want to see players smiling and laughing as they walk off the pitch after a defeat. Um, I want them mm-hmm. to feel like the fans do. And I like that. I think if that, if that yeah, is yeah. true, that's a that's a lovely way of saying that you know you shouldn't be, you know, I dare say not swapping shirts at half time and that sort of uh, all that rubbish that goes on with the players these days. But um, so I'm quite pleased with. It. I think we we need some steel, but I do think there's one one big thing needs to stand out if he's going to stand any chance of success. And I think that's on his first proper day with the club. Roman Abramovich needs to be there saying, "I've hired this guy. He's the boss." Don't want any of you coming whinging to me, sending your agents through to me, all this sort of stuff. He's the boss. 
he's running the football. Um, it's also interesting because we seem to be getting conflicting reports on the fact that um, I, I was under the impression that Walter Sabatini had left Roma as the sporting director with a view to being Conti's new sporting director. But there seems to be some doubt over that, which um, had Emanalo kind of being shunted into a uh, looking after the Ute kind of thing, um, which 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 be interesting because I think. Uh, I think there does need to be a structural or governance change at some level in the club or whatever around the football side of things. Um, but generally, I'm pleased. And I am going to stick with the fact that I think after a few weeks, most people will be calling in tone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, moving on, unless anybody else has got anything they want to say about that, and just conscious of uh, sort of time, um, we're doing quite mm. well. Um, I just want to bring up, we were talking about this in the pub um, on... On, on Saturday, I don't know if it was um, you might have been chatting to um, uh, somebody else, Johnny T, I think, um, uh, mm. John. Um, but we were talking about, um, you know, does anybody think that if it all goes horrendously wrong next season, we could be another Leeds, Forest, Derby, or Villa um, <laughs> if things weren't to pick up and we were to just kind of pursue either this all-out policy and play kids or whatever. Does anybody have any th- thoughts about that? You know, I mean, I think our younger players have actually started to progress. I thought Rubens Loftus-Cheek was actually pretty decent um, considering he was smashed off the ball God knows how many times by Yaya Toure and basically given a lesson in how to play that area of the park. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think sometimes you can... F- you know, Greatness can be forged through adversity, and that the, those hard lessons are the ones that will kick him up the arse. But he seems to have progressed a lot, and I like Kennedy. I think Traore still plays with a smile on his face, but I'm not sure he's an out-and-out striker. But you know, the worry is is that uh, uh, you know we, we're looking at whether things can improve next season, and of course there is also this chance that um, things could get worse. Any thoughts, people? Um, I think. Um, listen. Based on what we've seen thus far in terms of the ability to put up a bit of a fight and and get a result in, in games that you're not playing terribly well in, um, we haven't got a lot in the tank. Um, now, if that changes after the summer, all well and good. If it doesn't, then, you know, I don't think anyone ever really believed we were going to go down this season. But there were, there, were, there were points, I think, didn't we get to a point just before Christmas where if we'd lost, we'd have been in the bottom three? I think it, it yes. was close. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, the league's going to be tough next year. Um, and I think anyone that believes we're going to stroll back into the top four straight away is probably sorely mistaken. Um, I don't, I, you know, it, if absolute nuclear option worst comes to the worst, I don't think we would go down. But, you know, I think we could find ourselves in the in the kind of realm that United are in now where you know you bring in a manager who like you say probably isn't up with the very best anymore and you know if we end up two seasons out of Europe that's you know that's when things start to get tricky um, bearing in mind we you know we have the, um, the the new stadium looming and the possibility of three years at Wembley if that comes without European football and a decent side that people actually want to pay to watch could could make for interesting times ahead I think yeah don't know um Leeds Derby <sighs> Villa or uh, I'd yeah I'd, I'd I don't think so I obviously these words will come back to haunt me but um 
we've got slightly I think we've got slightly more quality than that um, yes there are some gaps that need filling yes there are players who haven't performed this season who need to perform next season um, but I, I, I don't think we're as adrift as we're not adrift in the way that Villa have been and, and some of those clubs uh, we're, we're, yes that we've appeared to have tightened the purse strings slightly or, or we're you know, going at net spend rather than just, you know, throwing money around like water. But I, no, I, I think it's more likely that, that we're going to be a sort of in that sort of Liverpool type situation where we keep believing that we're next season's the one we're coming back, you know, that we're building, we're building, uh, and it never quite. That, that's, that's more likely to happen, I think. You know, the sort of seventh, eighth place battle. Um, would be the, the sort of mediocrity angle. I mm. think you know a cup run that that, a, that that could be where it would go, rather than uh, I think struggling in the bottom three or four. Yeah, it's yeah death by mediocrity, isn't it? Mm. It's that, oh, well, um, I, I sort of made that point. I think again on Saturday, I was, if you were in, well, you were in the pub, Johnny, um, mm. and if uh, there was someone that, before you came out, I just quickly glanced down as a copy of the Daily fucking mail for all my shame um, on, a, on, a, on, a, on one of the outside tables we weren't in it we weren't anywhere we, we, there was no mention of us in the back eight or nine pages and I, I, although I didn't particularly love the toxicity I think I, I hate the anonymity even more because it just mm. we're in nothing whatever um, and it's mm. a slight worry Mark any, any thoughts on? I mean I'm, I'm not I'm trying to play bit devil's advocate here but um, you know do you think it's remotely possible that we could end up doing a, a, a dive through you know, the league next year and, and potentially being worse than this year? Well, obviously, if you phrase it as, is it remotely possible? <laughs> it's bastard. remotely possible we will be playing in the Conference South in seven years' time. <laughs> um, so was that the question that you intended? Uh, yeah, I did sort of think I might trip you up a little bit on that one, but I should have known better. So um, do you um, think it's but, possible? Well, well, of course it's possible. Um, do I think it's likely? Is I think is the question. Okay. Um, yes. No, I don't think it's very likely. I mean, I think. Um, well, no club's got a god-given right to win trophies. So, if you look at Spurs, haven't won the Premier. Well, haven't won the top league since 1961. Newcastle, who I'm watching in out the corner of my eye at the moment, holding Man City one-one, which is quite good. For them, um, they haven't won a trophy since 1969. Liverpool haven't won the Premier League for. They haven't since they its have. existence. Yeah, exactly. They, do, they just haven't. Yeah. So we we don't have a right to win things. So we, we have been very very fortunate over the last ten years in terms of how much we won. But the world is getting more and more um, volatile in all walks of life. I've just got in front of me actually. Um, I, I made a reference to. Um, selling a share before you lose too much earlier on. So while I'm in share mode, if, if you look at the S&P 500 index, the index of the top 500 companies in the USA, in 1960, the um, average time a company spent in the top 500, once they got in there, was 60 years. But over time, that has dwindled. And now, um, the average time that a company spends in the top 500 is 12 years. Wow. I things just come and go. Companies that you thought were big, God, they're going to go on forever. 
suddenly they're bankrupt because of change. Mm. And I think the same is true to a lesser degree within um, football in that, you know, with money coming into it, you can change clubs very, very quickly. Mm. City were in the third tier of English football. They got themselves out of that w without the money, but then the money came in, and now, you know, they're in the semi-finals of the Champions League, um, and, and they're challenging for all trophies. So with money coming in, anyone can become a player, and if someone can become a player, someone else becomes a non-player, and that could be us. I, I think the only thing that keeps me um, optimistic is that London is one of the top places in the world to live, if not the top place. In terms of foreign people with money, I think they tend to want to live in London. Mm. And if you live in London, with your, with, and you've got loads and loads and loads of money, do you want to live in uh, Stratford and be able to walk to West Ham at the Olympic Stadium? Do you want to live in uh, White Hart Lane above a Greek kebab shop and be able to pop around the corner to watch a game of football? <laughs> Do you want to live in Islington with a bunch of yuppies going to some poncy French restaurant on the green? Or it's do you want to live in yuppies anymore. It's hipsters. hipsters. Yeah. Or do you want to live in Kensington or Holland Park, the most affluent places in the most affluent city, and be able to walk down the Fulham Road and watch Chelsea? And I'm being serious now. If Roman Abramovich suddenly says, I've had enough of this, I'm off, there is someone out there from China, from Russia, from somewhere with bundles of money who can't wait to live in um, Holland Park next to David Beckham and buy Chelsea. So we will we will attract money more than anyone else. Therefore, I think we will always be a player now. And I, 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 I am doffing my cap in your general direction. That, that, um, that's a, that's I think, a, I think a that, lovely blast of optimism. Fine analysis. A fine analysis. The thing, yeah. the thing to bear in mind um, also is that as a club, we, we've done very well under Abramovich. Abramovich is a single individual. He, he is obviously as rich as Croesus, but he is a single individual. Well, we he is, he, he is he, well, he, he, may have, he may have doubles like Winston Churchill in the war, we just don't know. Yeah. He may have other people backing him as well. But what he, what he is not, and what Chelsea are now up against, is the likes of sovereign wealth funds. A Man City are owned basically by a country and heavily invested in by the Chinese, uh, some sort of sovereign fund there as well. And also have got the wizard wheeze going now, whereby it's not the club spending money, it's their sponsors and people providing facilities and so on. This is the way they're getting round. This is why financial fair play has, has stalled, because... You know, they, there are clubs like those who are doing that type of thing. And the amount of resource that PSG, because they represent another, you know, sovereign wealth fund, as it were, uh, PSG, City, people like that, they, they dwarf the resources that someone like Abramovich can bring to the party, you know, if, if it becomes a sort of web arms race. And so, you know, it's, it's all very well people saying, oh, he didn't buy Pogba, we didn't buy so-and-so, we didn't buy this, we didn't buy that. One, were they actually for sale? Could they be bought? And two, you're now in a bidding war with people with, you know, almost bottomless 
pockets. Mm. And, you know, that, that's, that's the reality of the situation. And a lot, the, the TV money, all these other things that, that are, uh, are being brought to bear on the situation, you know, that, that's what's attracting the money in. And, um, you know... Well, we Chelsea. need to be aligning ourselves to a country then, don't we? So that we're um, in their favour when they decide to um, pitch into a football club. Mm. We, we, need, we need to pick a country. Mm. Ooh, right. Which one should we have? Well, China or Russia, isn't it? Be... Well, they're already taken, aren't they? Uh, I suppose China... I don't know, really. Did, did, did the Chinese own any big... I'm trying to... They, they, well, they, they're, they're throwing masses of money at football, per se. Yes. But in but, their own in their own domain rather than elsewhere as far as I can see. I believe they, they own it or have invested a chunk of money in City. I did, or was it PSG, one of those two clubs who's right. got Chinese okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's, it's yeah, I mean, listen, I think, you know, this this was always, just to divulge a little bit, but um, this was always likely to happen. Hmm. You know, in any in any realm, it doesn't matter football, business, whatever it happens to be. You know, you'll be the biggest fish in the pond until someone comes and pisses in it, snaps you up, and then moves on, and then it will happen again. There's always going to be a bigger fish coming yeah. along, um, and we're not. You know, we we aren't an established superpower like Real Madrid or or whoever. So it's kind of inevitable that you know we were going to be topped off for a little while, and then things were going to change again. Yeah. Um, and, and we've had a very, very pleasant ten years. Let's yeah. let's not let's not be mistaken on that. But you know, time changing. Indeed. And on that, I, what I want to do is I want to plug um, a, a fantastic article. Whether you agree with it or not, it's beautifully written uh, and puts across some very good points. And it's the first of three that this guy Joe Tweeds is going to write. Um, uh, it's on um, a blog site called Plains of Almeria. Um, it's called The Road Ahead. Um, I've already retweeted it. I'll see if I can do it again. Um, and he does talk about some of the things that we've covered in, 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 on this tonight in terms of, you know, money, net spend, and, and uh, you know, we've got a total net spend of 20 million over the past two seasons, I think, and that's that's less than Stoke, you know, and, mm. and, and, and that may well say something. We've discussed it before. And I think it's some very good stuff actually saying, uh, similar to what, you know, you've the three of you have just said actually about the fact that, um, you know, we'll always have money, but we may not have as much money as, as, as a city or a PSG or whatever. So what that means is that we have to be cleverer in some other way, you know, whether that's through the academy or through just clever buying or, 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 or talent spotting or however it is. Um, I urge you, if you get a chance, it's quite a long read. Um, I did, yeah, I, I did actually read it earlier yeah. on. Yeah, I've read it as well. Yeah, and, 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 and I just found it, it's very interesting, quite, you know, quite a forensic look at, uh, at the way things are going. I look forward to the other two articles, um, but um, Joe's a good writer anyway, and I've, I've yet to meet the guy, but, um, you know, pat on the back for that one, um, for sure. Um, we've, we've, we've gone slightly over our allotted time in that we're at one hour and uh, four minutes according to my recording um, gadgetry mm. here um, so I just mm. want to finish it off um, uh, with a, just a few little parish notices etc and then I do apologise yeah, um, a few little parish notices um, and then we'll finish off with um, um, what some people might call any other business or in my case AOB which means any other bollocks um, so parish notices um, we'll can't be... we finish off with a song instead <laughs> I haven't got I'm trying to think of a company song or something that we could do with the podding shed um, um, the parish notices iTunes um, will be up on iTunes 
possibly some point tomorrow. Um, if you're interested in any of our previous 75 ramblings, including the ghost episode, um, where we <laughs> <laughs> where we where we managed to record absolutely bugger all but I think we still went ahead and published anyway um, because that's the way we roll um, you can check them out on poddingshed.com just type it into Google um, if you do listen to it on iTunes ratings would be fantastic um, uh, I've no idea why but they help all sorts of things um, but be warned if you're playing it at work that there's the occasional fruity word in there um, a quick plug um, as well for the Chelsea Supporters Trust uh, I'm a member of it um, join the trust yes, you, get your voice, you get your voice heard by the club it's £5 to become a voting member it's free for non-voting members uh, you'll get a newsletter you can sign up at the um, at the Chelsea Supporters Trust.com um, and you can also attend meetings if you um, I think either way um, you just don't get a vote if you haven't paid the fiver um, and you can come to the events vote on the issues um, the last couple of meetings have been um, done via um, David Chidgy on the Mixelar system so you don't actually have to go to the game uh, or, or to the meeting um, and it's been pretty successful um, you can also follow them on Twitter um, at their handle which is at Chelsea S Trust um, I'm going to put some future guests in place. I'm already, um, as Johnny will no doubt back me up on this, I'm already doing some hefty socialising pre and post match um, <laughs> these, these days um, in order to uh, to garner more support for for our little podcast, but also um, to get some interesting and varied guests on some some of them with no doubt very very strong opinions. Um, but always good to get we, them on. We won't pay we won't pay expenses unless we see receipts. Tony. Um, we're, Just remember, we're, you know. You know. Uh, yeah, we uh, you know the the Chelsea fancast is is for one example which it, that is like PSG to our Aston Villa. <laughs> it, it, you know we 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 really we, we really are you know the, the the poor relatives in this one. But um, you know ne- never we, mind the width, feel the yes, quality. Yes, absolutely. And I always 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 always. I, I think it, it might be more like Rochdale, uh, <laughs> where, Rochdale. Where, where tonight apparently the uh, announcer said uh, read out the registration of a car whose lights are on in the car park oh, really? uh, they, <laughs> en- they ended up stopping the game so one of the players could go and turn his lights off you know oh, so oh, i think really? we're i think that's us really I think, it's, it always remi- it reminds me of a fantastic comic strip um, film they did a few years ago called supergrass where they're down in the west country and they're at the disco and it's exactly that daniel peacock is the sort of local dj going Look, someone's parked a black cartina outside. <laughs> Can you go and uh, this sort of thing? So it really—that's a, a fabulous little story. Um, uh, just on the AOB, I think we'll probably um, be doing our next podding cast uh, in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, we've obviously got um, uh, two away games. I think we've um, our next—we've uh, got two away games, or we just got Bournemouth. I think. Just Bournemouth, I think, isn't it? Spurs, then and Liverpool. Yeah, we've got four games left. Right, yeah. so um, we'll probably... Bournemouth, Liverpool away, Tottenham, Leicester, home. We'll try and set something up. And after. Sunderland? There's a trip to Sunderland in there, isn't oh, yeah, there? Yeah, We've got five games I'll try and work out when the best one is. I'm actually, and Mark, you're going to love this, uh, I'm going to be in the south of France for the Spurs game, so I'm not actually going to be there. However, my defence is that we booked our trip... It's a film to... festival. No, we... <laughs> 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 Uh, we booked our trip to France on the Sunday because the Tottenham game was originally scheduled for 12.30 or 12.45, whatever it was, on the Saturday. And Sky, in their infinite wisdom, decided to 
bastard will move it. And I know quite a few people who are also unable to go that evening simply because of that move. Um, it's a bit bank catchy, has to be said. Yeah, I think my well, Monday night football was bad enough anyway. But the night last night of a bank holiday before you got to go to work in the morning, I think is a bit. Well, that's a bit of a piss take, but there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the guy, uh, so, so a couple of my friends that we're meeting in France, um, who are on the same site as us, are manic Spurs fans. I shall be doing my utmost, utmost, to avoid them unless, of course, we win. Um, um, and that's about it, really. Um, have you got anything else, any other bollocks, chaps? Um, I think we should, yeah, go on. We should say, well done, the Ute. I was just going to say that, yes. Well done, yes. The Ute um, um, for for a a stunning result. Isn't it the second year on the trot, I think? Back-to-back? Yes. Only the third year the competition's been running, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, Excellent. Uh, Org as well. Their only problem being they might not be in it next year because it's all done on where the senior team finishes. So so they've now got to... uh, UEFA have now got the the issue of what do they do about the team that's just won it two years on the trot. Yeah. Do they allow them back in next year as the winners or not? Oh, I do hope so. so. I'd be, be a shame if they couldn't defend it. Yeah. Plus, there's the uh, FA Youth Cup final. That and the fun. ladies as well. Basically, every bit of Chelsea is doing well, apart from the shy talks <laughs> in the first <laughs> I think we ought to, next time we have a podcast, we, we maybe ought to have 10 minutes on, not talking about, are we going to play all these players because we've thrashed yeah. that to death. Maybe just a quick review of... Mm. Who's done what this year in 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 the age groups? Because yes. um, yeah, yeah, you know they are, and who who's do who's responsible at the academy? Who are the people who've who've done all this? You know, yeah. and so on and so forth. Because that that'd be worth a, a look at, I think. Yeah. Okay. Anything else for you, Mark? No, nothing for me. Thanks, Dan. It's been an absolute joy then, chaps. Um, on that uh, note, um, I'd like to say thank you, um, everybody, for for coming on tonight. So thank you very much, uh, Johnny. Indeed, thank you. It was wonderful to be back. Excellent. Um, thank you very much, Donal. Yes, I'm feeling a bit emotional because obviously we may not see Johnny again now. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, I should be back. Uh, and, and he has discovered that a bit of pre-match cock is a pretty good place to be, really. Um, Everybody should try it. Everybody. <laughs> I, did pop in, I did pop in there pre-match and I couldn't find you or... Um, well, oh, we, you or you. We, we, we were in the garden. Yeah, we did camp just to the garden, really, because um, it was quite stuffy in the pub. Once it gets a bit full, it's quite a narrow, uh, okay. quite a narrow pub, but we'll be there next time. Well, cert- well I won't be there for the Tottenham game, but certainly for the Leicester game. I, I intend to have a, a good um, pre-match drink and probably a post-match drink and then get the rattler back like I did the other night. Now that I know where Imperial Wolf is and I can get to Clapham Junction yes. very easily. So, um, it keeps the old... Keeps the old Easter theme going, doesn't it? You went looking for them, uh, yes. Mark, but they they'd gone off to the Garden of Gethsemane. We're <laughs> <laughs> we're just reliving the yes. whole Easter story bit by bit here. Yeah, indeed. Um, so um, thank you very much, chaps. It's been an absolute pleasure, Mark, as you, as ever. Um, thank you for your um, your guidance and your wits, Johnny. Thank you very much for coming back, and obviously we'll Not try and get you on as a guest in future. Um, Donal, thank you very much um, for You're your welcome. musical interlude. And sparkling banter. Um, and I'd just like to say that um, actually, it's been a, a it's been a little lesson for our our first team players. And, and what we've shown is that all you need to gain a paltry amount of success, as we've had at the Podding Shed, is to actually have a spine. Thank you very much, people, and good night. Cheers. Good night. Good night. Good night.